Hey, this is John Huseman. I'm the pastor of the Ark Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith, and I hope it draws you closer to God. Enjoy the message. How many of you know this? Um, you got to be in the right place at the right time to produce the right results in your life. You got to be in the right place at the right time. Some of you are like, eh, not sure about going to church. You know who you are. Okay, so some of you are like, I don't know. But as soon as you stepped in here, you're like, ah, cinnamon candied pecans. Like, you're like, yeah, 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 we made the right choice. We definitely are in the right place. Well, uh, I grew up in Salina, uh, born and raised right here in Salina. And after high school, I went to to K-State, which anytime you come to the Ark, wearing K-State attire is always acceptable. Um, And so after, I, I felt like God was leading me to be a pastor. And so I transferred to Oral Roberts University. And so the very first day in my first class, I'm walking to my class and the most beautiful girl I've ever seen just passes right before me. Like any college kid, I followed that girl. So um, she went up the steps, I went up the steps. Like she went down the hall, I went down the hall. And so she ends up popping into this room and I, I pull up my schedule and I check to see what room am I supposed to be in? It's the same Room, Spanish 101, hola senorita. It's like, okay. A couple years later, that girl became my wife. So I'm just letting you know, when you are in the right place at the right time, you get the right results. And so uh, some of you are like, man, everything has a place. It should be in that place. A little OCD, a little love for the OCD people, okay? Um, I know you're struggling right now. It's Christmas and it's cold, So there's like presents and trees and clutter. And then on top of that, everybody's got their coats and their boots and everything. So just a deep breath. It's almost over. Okay, it's almost over. I also know Christmas isn't easy for everybody. And I just want to say it's just the day. That's it. Your life doesn't have to look like a Hallmark movie. Okay, mine doesn't look like that. So it's just just take a deep breath. You are in the right place tonight. You know, one thing I, I was thinking about was how important it is Um, for the nativity to be set up right. So the nativity, it only works right if it's set up right. So you got a couple of characters here. You got, you got little sweet baby Jesus, eight pounds, six ounces, full of wonderment. Y'all need to watch better movies than, than that. So, so you got, you got Jesus, you got Mary, you got Joseph. Your Joseph doesn't look like this. Our Joseph disappeared around Y2K, so my daughter Naomi had to, had to make Joseph. But you got some animals, you got a few shepherds, you got some wise men, um, you know, over here, and you even got an angel. So it's like, you know, the nativity, it only works right if it's set up right. You got Jesus, he's the center. He's the center of, of the whole entire thing. And so in the nativity, it makes sense with Jesus in the middle. But I would propose to you that that sometimes our lives aren't set up right. And a lot of us, it's not about is the nativity set up right on the table, is the nativity set up right in our own life. See, Jesus has to be in the center for it to work right. And I don't think any of us are kind of like, eh, I just want to throw Jesus out. I want to take, I want to throw, I don't think any of us think like, let's throw Jesus to the side, but life begins to happen. We get busy. Things start to push their way in. And before we know it, we have different things in the center of our life. And I think each and every one of these things represents something a little bit different. So you got the shepherds. And the shepherds, they actually represent work, career, 
school. And so, man, the shepherds, they're working late. They were working till midnight. The angel appeared to them when they were at midnight. So, man, they're working, working, working. And I don't ever think people just wake up one day and they say, you know what? I want to make work be the center of my life. I just want to work my heart out. I want to just focus. I don't think people think that way. But it's like it starts to be about the next big sale or the next big promotion or the next big thing. And before you know it, it's like work becomes the center of your life and Jesus gets pushed off to the side. And all our effort, all of our focus, all of our attention starts to go towards work. And I just want you to know, if it's not set up right, it's not going to work right. For some of you, wise men, the wise men have, have been pushed to the center. And the wise men there actually represent success and wealth, status. They could represent clicks or likes or follows on social media. And there's a lot of people that they got time to scroll and scroll and scroll, but they don't have time to read their Bible. So we, we, we put this in the center, and I'm, I'm not saying God's against success. I'm not saying God is against wealth, but I'm telling you, if this is the center of your life, it's, it's not going to end up working. So we end up taking out loans for things that we can't afford to oppress people we don't like or, or don't even know, and then we're frustrated when our life doesn't work right. You see, some of the unraveling and some of the pressure and some of the stress that you felt over the course of this year, last year, the past couple years, isn't because God has left you. It isn't because God isn't with you. Some of you have actually said these words, God, where are you? God, where are you in the middle of this? God, where are you in the middle of this stress, in the middle of this anxiety? God, where are you? And sadly, he's like, I'm right over here where you push me. Jesus wants to be in the center of your life. And if it's, he's not in the center, it's not going to work out right. Then you have some animals. Some of you are like, I just was waiting to see what he was going to say about the animals. This literally represents animals. Have you seen y'all's Facebook? Y'all love animals more than any group of people I've ever known. Like you just, you love the animals. Animals represent a distraction. Anything that pulls you away from God is a distraction. Anything that takes your attention and takes your time, anything that distracts you away from God. It could be the sports thing. It could be running errands. It could be going here, going there. It could be the latest headline over the past couple of years. The latest headline about the economy. The latest headline about the election. The latest headline about the pandemic. What's the new strand of virus coming out? Alpha, Omicron, Delta, Frontier, Southwest, whatever the new strand is called. And some of us, man, you just feel so overwhelmed, so emotionally spent because you've been distracted for such a long period of time. And we wake up every day and the first thing that gets our attention is, is what's going on? What's going on in the stock market? What's the new thing right now with the economy? What's the new thing with the virus? What's the, what's the new thing with the election? I just, I just want to tell you, there's never been anyone elected that's been able to solve the world's problems. The only person that can solve our problems is Jesus. He's the only savior. He's the only healer. He's the only provider. Like He's the only one able to come in and fill your life with true peace, true hope, true strength. And then you have Mary and Joseph, right? And this one sounds good. Well, we're just going to make family first. And we're going to put family first. And we're going to make family be the center of our life. And I'm, I'm telling you, that's not how it's supposed to be set up. 
Jesus is supposed to be the center of your life. And if it's not set up right, it's not going to work right. And so some of you, it's like, man, we, we pushed our kids to the center. We just follow our kids all around everywhere, and we're, we're exhausted. Or sometimes it's, it's, it's just a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Or it could be your spouse, or it could be a friendship. And so we make that be the center of our life. And what ends up happening is that we start to expect people to give us what they're not able to give us. I start to want to find my identity through a relationship. I want to find purpose through my children. I want to find hope through this relationship. It's like only God is capable of doing that in your life. People cannot give you hope. People cannot give you identity. People cannot give you true purpose. People can't fill that hole in your life. Only God can do that. And if things aren't set up right, it doesn't work out right. And for some of us, sorry, Joseph, you're going to come to the side. For some of us, we've put religion in the center. And we, we've thought about, man, if I just do enough stuff, if I do enough right stuff, and I, if I do all the things that I'm supposed to do, then my life is going to turn out exactly how it's supposed to be. But I've had people come to me, and they're like, John, I don't understand what's going on in my life. I was confirmed as a little kid. I took communion. I got baptized. I went to VBS. I've been going to church, and, and, and my life is a wreck. And I don't know what else I have to do. Religion tells you you have to do this, do this, do this, do this, and then you'll get close to God. Christianity says the exact opposite. Christianity says God has done everything he can to come close to you. God's already said, your sins are forgiven. You are healed. You are redeemed. You are forgiven. God has already said, I've given my very best so that I can have a relationship with you. Christianity is the God of the universe is in pursuit of you to have a relationship with you, to be close to you, to walk with you, to lead you, to be your Lord, to be your Savior. So the only picture that really, really works is the picture that's set up the right way. So the big question tonight for you is, Who's in the center of your life? Who's really in the center of your life? See, I've, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. I have a lot of regrets. I have a lot of things that I wish I could go back and change. But the best decision I've ever made isn't going to Spanish 101. That was a good one. That, that was a good decision. The best decision I've ever made is to make Jesus be the center of my life. The best decision I've ever made is to say, Jesus, you're my Lord. You're my Savior. I'm going to do what you ask me to do. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to live for you. Because before I made that decision, everything was on me. And I was searching for purpose. And I was searching for peace. And I was searching for love. And I kept going to all these different lanes. And I kept trying to find it here, trying to find it there. And man, it was exhausting. And every single place that I kept trying to get ended up being empty. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because you've, you've felt that way. It's been that way for a couple years where you've searched and you've searched and you've searched and you've tried and you've tried and you're just sitting here tonight. You're like, I'm exhausted. I know exactly what that feels like, but I want you to hear this. You're here now. You're in the right place at the right time. And when you ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life, he ends up making things be the right results. I want to read John 3, 16 and 17 to you. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. 
For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. I really want you to hear that. God isn't condemning you. God isn't saying everything that's wrong with your life. God isn't coming at you, reminding you of every single mistake that you ever made. I know maybe it's felt like that. Maybe it's even felt like that at church before. All I can say is I'm sorry. That's never been the heart of God. You see, God saw that I needed a savior. God saw that you needed a savior. God realized we couldn't save ourselves. We couldn't do enough good works to save ourselves. So he said, the only thing that's going to save them is Jesus. So he sent his very best. He gave us Jesus, who was perfect. Think about a teenager who's perfect. It doesn't, you know, it's almost impossible. He never sinned. He never made a mistake. But yet God made him feel all my sin, all my mistakes. God made him feel all your mistakes, all your sins, so that he could be the perfect sacrifice, so that I could be in heaven one day, so that you could be in heaven one day. So we could have eternal life with God. Like Christmas is the greatest miracle. It is the greatest miracle that God loved you so much, that he loved me so much, that he sent the perfect sacrifice to be our Savior, to be our Lord. Like there's nothing greater than having Jesus as your Savior. God makes that all possible. In the same way that he gave me peace, that he gave me healing, that he gave me purpose, the same way he did it for me, he'll do it for you. You're in the right place at the right time. And that thing that you've been looking for, it only can be filled through Jesus. Before we do candle lighting and sing Silent Night, I'd like to just pray over you real quick. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Father, tonight, we thank you for Jesus. We ask you give us the strength to put him as the center of our life. Ask us, God, would you help us? Would you help us? Help us to not get distracted. Help us not to, to, to focus on the left or focus to the right, but help us, God, to be a people that we put you as the center. We ask you for help. We ask you for peace. We ask you for purpose. Jesus, we're sorry. We're sorry. As your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, you know, you're in the right place at the right time. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way, but there's some of you here that you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to dedicate your life. You want to put him back as the centerpiece of your life. I'm not going to make you stand up. I'm not going to make you come to the front, but I just want to pray over you. If tonight you're saying, I want to make Jesus the center of my life, I want to dedicate my life back to him, just do something real simple. Just slip up your hand at me. Say, pray for me, John. Pray for me. Pray for me. Yep, yep. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. Pray for me. Pray for me. Good. You can put your hands down. God sees your hand. God sees your heart. Let's say this prayer together as one big church family. Repeat after me. Dear God, I ask you to come into my life and to be my Lord and to be my Savior. I confess that I've sinned, but I'm asking you to forgive me, to heal me, and to redeem me. Tonight, God, I give my life fully to you. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. The Bible says all of heaven celebrates over one person that gives their life to Jesus. So can we celebrate life change tonight? And let me just say two things to you. If you raised your hand today or maybe you raised your hand in time past, tell somebody. We all need people in our life that will help us get close to God. And then if you don't have a home church, please come back. 
Please make this be this your church. We want to help you get as close to God as possible. We're proud of you. We're going to do everything we can to get you as close to God as possible. But don't show up tomorrow. We ain't going to be here. Like, we ain't, we ain't going to be here. So I want to invite you to go ahead. If you have candles, we're going to get the lights down dim. I'm going to invite my family to come up on stage with me so I can be next to my family like you're next to yours. And let's stand together, and we're going to sing Silent Night. Just take your candles and hold them up. I love this picture. Just look around. Such a cool picture. It's a picture of what can happen when you let Jesus be the Lord of your life of, and the light that begins to fill the room. And I just want to encourage you, man, give us six months of this next year. Give us six months. Give God six months and watch him do something incredible in your life. I tried to battle against Brooklyn to see who would lead that song, and she won. So uh, let me introduce you to my family. This is Brooklyn, my oldest daughter. This is my wife, Lindsay. This is my oldest son, Jonathan. My youngest daughter, Naomi. And the youngest of all, Samuel Owen. And so from our family to yours, we love you. Merry Christmas. We pray over you each and every week. God bless you. Have a great Christmas. We are officially dismissed. God bless.